I haven't felt motivated in the sense of like when I'm feeling it and I'm feeling like connected to myself as a creator, I'm like, let's fucking go. This is gonna, I know what I wanna do and I'm and I'm going hard at it. Like I'm almost like I'm attacking the content. I like know what I wanna do and I'm doing it. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. What an episode to welcome you in on if you're new here. My name is Stone Fredrickson, the host of this show where I like to sit down and talk with very successful entrepreneurs, content creators, to explore their minds and lifestyles, to provide you and I with as much valuable information as possible so that way we, we could become successful. And today I sit down with one of my good friends and one of the most badass content creator coaches and influences when it comes to growing on TikTok uh, and making money and doing this full time, JT Barnett. He is a phenomenal content creator, uh, very smart when it comes to uh, marketing, social media, TikTok. And I'm sure a lot of you uh, have seen him on TikTok, know of him. He's just a phenomenal uh, person and overall great uh, creator and, and, and just very knowledgeable when it comes to this space. So I'm so excited to uh, finally do this episode with him and, and, and to really uh, provide it to you guys. We unpack so much value. We uncover everything practically we know about TikTok and, and provide it all to you guys for free. All I ask in return is to share this episode with one person. It got to you. Let's share it with to one more person to get this value out to more people so that way more people can take advantage of TikTok, so that way more people can make money off of TikTok, and so that way we can all do what we want to do and get paid for it and make a positive impact and build very strong connections with like-minded individuals. Uh, we all know that TikTok and social media is a very powerful tool and resource that people could be using. And that's what we all uh, in, in, uncover in this episode. Uh, I'm just so excited for you guys to tune into this one. So um, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with one person. Check out all of JT's uh, links down in the description as well as mine. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. I, uh, but I'm curious, you know, I think it's like, I think it's nuts. And I was thinking of actually making a video about this because I got some good B-roll of like us and VidCon and, and chopping it up. But I'm, I just think it's, I, I still think it's like, um, insane that our background and like how we know each other for years and years, you trained me, I mean, with, with just like that little summer camp, mm -hmm. um, and now we're, we're dominating TikTok and we're really impacting a lot of people. I think it's, Feel I think same, it's really dope. I was, I was definitely going to think of, of making a video about it because, um, I see a lot of people that follow you and I. I get a lot of compliments from even just like my clients. It's just like, or, or people that I talk to. It's it's us two. It's you know the Todd. It's the Mike Rama. It's you know it's a it's a core group of guys yep. uh, and and girls. So I mean I think it's I, I just think it's really dope that we're doing this and we're just we're killing the game. I agree, bro. Hundred um, percent. Awesome, dude. Yeah, let's dive in it because I'm sure we'll talk about that on this too. Yeah. Um, so we're already going. I like to cool. just jump in, um, cool. just have like a uh, like a combo like we've been having. Um, but I wanted to I wanted because I haven't even like gotten your point of view on this. When you because I remember when even when you were coaching me, you would, you know, post shit on Instagram, you working out, you doing other things. Um, and I'm and I'm just assuming that you would, you know, get chirped up in the locker room or people would say something about it. So I, I want to know a little bit more about like how you were able to get through that, 
like just like even even if it's like not even so serious like negativity just like you know people screwing around fucking with you and yeah. then also like what made you go hard into tiktok too cool okay first one um definitely definitely think that a lot of people uh gave me a hard time um like i was i mean bro i was like i was doing instagram and taking it really serious in 2000 and i want to say like 50 like literally right when it came out like the first six months that instagram was out i was like oh this is something that i really think is cool it's the first platform because i was spending a lot of time on myspace and facebook and all that before instagram came out and it was the first one you could really build a following like none of the other ones like really put like the number of people that you were like that you had in your network big MySpace had your friends number, but nobody really looked at that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they have a thousand friends. Um, Instagram was the first one that was like, Oh shit, they have people following them and it's a big deal. Um, and so when that happened, I was just like very intrigued with it. And I started posting a lot and immediately, not only from players, but I got pulled into my general manager's office when I was in the WHL and they were like, Hey, we see your, we see you posting a lot on this thing called Tumblr. And we're not okay with we're not okay with the shit that you're posting. I was repost like Tumblr was like all aesthetic. I was reposting like like uh, nice cars and some girl and like girls and like it wasn't like anything scandalous, but it was like uh, it was like nine zero two one zero, like it was like that kind of stuff. Um, and then it'd be like uh, like rappers and that kind of things. And they were like, hey, this isn't a good look. Uh, we we're not okay with this. Like we want you to to stay off of social media. Like that social media is not good for for the team. And I just remember being like, this is something that like is getting the audience to care more about me and my interests, which then they buy into me more as a player, which then that makes them want to buy a ticket to come to the arena. And so yeah. I knew that it was something that was beneficial for the team as well. And granted, I'm like, a, I was like a 17 year old kid. So like, there's probably like, there's truth to like their side and my side. Um, but I just knew when guys were giving me a hard time that it was, they just didn't know. They didn't know what I knew. Like I knew it was going to be something that I believed in. I knew it was going to be something that was going to be big. And I think that a lot of the people across the board, when people are hating, it just comes from their own insecurity. And a lot of that is just their own. They just don't know. Like they're just confused and they're just maybe like a little bit in the dark on it. And people don't like what they don't understand. And so I think it's easy for them to, to like kind of, poke fun at it when they don't really get it and also it makes it might make them uncomfortable because they they don't feel comfortable doing it so like me i would go post i would post like a like i'll give you a perfect example a mirror pick doesn't even need to be like a shirtless one like literally like just a regular mirror pick um that was like a big thing of people being like dude you're just taking pics in the mirror that was before selfies were a thing and um and like i just remember being like what is wrong with that like what's like I'm not hurting yeah. anybody like, you know, people, like, people that see it, like they have no problem. They, some people probably even like it. Um, but because you're not comfortable doing that yourself and it's easy to point a finger at it, that's why you do it. And so I think for a long period of time, it, it, I won't say it affected me in the sense of like, it made me, it made me, um, like have like resentment towards them or anything, but it just made me be like less interested in doing it myself. So that's why I didn't post as much as I do now when I was playing hockey. Like I would have been posting 10x what I did if everybody on the team and the organization and the ownership were supportive and were like endorsing it. Um, 
I still posted probably a hundred times more than most hockey players did, but I would be bl- I would be posting the same amount that I am now if I got the support that I did before or that I that I do now. Um, and so I think the first bit was like it did it did just kind of like um, like dull the amount that I was posting. But then as soon as I got out of hockey and had the awareness of like, bro, people are just people just like hate on the stuff that they don't understand. Now, if I were to go back and play hockey again, and that's why I talk about it so much to the next generation, I'm like, dude, just go hard because the people that are hating on your team are just insecure with their own shit. And like, if you can just kind of step past that and be like, I'm just going to do it. You put yourself in such a better place and all of the opportunities that I have now that I got immediately when I was done with hockey all came from me posting. None of them came from me being a dude that played at the level that I did. It was all from the content I was putting out and then being like, oh, I saw you on Instagram or on whatever, Twitter, and uh, and you happened to be a hockey player. Um, and so, yeah, that was a very long way to answer that. But No, but I mean, it's so it's so true. And I wish, I wish I had someone like you to tell me that because, I mean, I was a little young. I mean, even when you were training me, I was doing like YouTube videos, gaming videos, streaming. Um, and I would get chirped up in the locker room of like my intro, my outro, like, you know, things, you know, just, you know, how it is like, and that got to me and I, and I quit. And then, you know, Fortnite came out and I was like, oh, I'm just going to stream this, but like not take it too seriously. Just like do it for, you know, shits and gigs. And I mean, that did pretty well. I mean, I was doing like 24 hour streams. I was like going hard into it. Um, and then TikTok rolled around and then, you know, that 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 came upon you know when during quarantine and my story went like that but when it after that when did you really get into the tiktok like what made you say oh shit tiktok's this thing that i could be doing as well or you you started with the honey house so like run run me back there yeah so first to to tie up that last part about the uh people chirping you and giving you a hard time bro, I lost friendships over co- creating content. Like I was really close friends with a lot of hockey guys that were my crew in uh, Scottsdale when I was, when I was playing and they were in my training group and they were like day one homies. And when I started to see that people were posting workouts and training and all of that on Instagram, um, I was like, I want to do that. I know I want to do that. I'm passionate about it. I want to do that. Uh, I saw OBJ start posting a lot of his training shit and I was like, we're training with, we're training like him. I can make videos like this. I want to do this shit. And so I started having a videographer. I don't remember if you know, remember Wes Fry, but I started having a videographer come and film. He would come film our training and then he would, and then he would give me the files and I would chop it up and I would put workout videos out. This is while I was still, still playing. And the amount of dudes, we probably had a 20 person crew of training. And I would say probably 14, 15 of them were like, hard no, don't bring a cameraman around. Don't film. We don't want to be in content. We don't want people to see what we're doing. And I was just like, and this is to summarize it. I think you just need to like really assess what your interest is and where your heart kind of lies. And for me, I was like, I am more passionate about this than I am about where our friendship is at this moment. And like, I know this is something I care about. And so if you were my friend and you were genuinely my friend, you would be okay with me doing this and you would support what I want to do. You might not want to be in all of the content, but you wouldn't give me a hard time and you wouldn't hate on it. You would at least respect where I'm at and what I would, what I have interest in. 
And so I was like, it was, there was no like beef or anything, but I was just like, look, like I, I'm not going to spend as much time around them because they don't support me going hard in this. And I fucking know that this shit is going to be big and this is going to be the thing. And so I think you got to just like really evaluate like your friendships and where you're at and the people and like have empathy that like a lot of people are just like, they just don't understand. And so one convo of being like, here's why I believe this. Here's the way that this is going to go. And here's what I would like to do. Are you in or like, is there a way we can work together on it? Um, sometimes it just takes a simple combo like that. And sometimes it's a great thing for you to realize they're just not your people. And like, that's okay. It's okay to move on from those people. And the funny thing about that is a lot of those dudes that before were kind of like, I don't want anything to do with the content. I'm out on this. I don't want to be around when you're filming are now sending me messages being like, yo, I'm done with hockey. I'm doing X, Y, and Z job. And I really want to get into content. How do I get into content? I've seen you've been doing this. So I think it, there's no, I have no uh, hard feelings towards anybody that ever was against like any of the content or anything I was doing. Um, I think you just got to like realize that people are at their own place. And if they're not um, supportive of what you're doing, that's okay. They just might not be your people at that time. That's the first. Part. God, it's such a good, yeah, it's such a good point. I mean, it, it is. And I resonate with that so much, even with like high school too, with like me posting during, I, cause I, I caught the back end of, of, of when I was in high school posting. And now a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I'm going to college. I don't really want to. I don't know what the hell to do. You're doing this social media thing. I'm thinking of posting content around fitness, around this, around this sport, around that. I don't know what to do. And so I kind of, I, I really resonate with that. And it, it's all, it's all really good points. Yeah. Um, okay. Second question was, how did I get into TikTok? So my first, like, um, entrepreneurial endeavor and was on Instagram and I was working with companies doing fitness content. And then to take that a step further, we started an actual like in-person event where it would bring all of our network of health and wellness influencers together with a bunch of health and wellness brands. Um, and it would be hosted the day after Coachella. So it was like, uh, it was like a massive recovery day for health and wellness creators and influencers to meet brands shoot content with them, exchange numbers and info and all of that. The creators could get brand deals from the, from the brands. They could try the product out in real time. They could film content for the brand in real time as like a trial, like a test. Um, and the brands, all they, the brands would pay us and the creators it would be completely free for. So they would be the day after Coachella, a lot of them hung over or just exhausted or just like really like needing to just like recover. And it'd be a perfect time for all these brands to show how their products would work for these creators and influencers. And so that was like our first like actual business it was called reset. And we did that. And that took us all the way up into the pandemic. We were about to, it, it was going really, really well too. Like we were, mm -hmm. we were about to actually partner with Coachella to be the first formal recovery event for Coachella. Um, and then the pandemic happened. So then we were like, shoot, nobody's doing anything in person. Now, what do we do? TikTok had started being a platform I was posting on. I was just really enjoying it. I loved the content on it. I loved leaving it feeling inspired or like I got information from it. I got like some sort of tip that I would never have got on Instagram. And so uh, one of my good friends and I were FaceTiming and we were just talking about like TikTok. He had posted a lot on it, got some traction. And we were like, we need to do, this is during the pandemic. We were like, we need to do something um, that is, that like brings us, that allows us to quarantine together. Uh, that is also like filming and putting content out because both of our content right now is struggling because it's COVID. You can't film around people. 
And I had just started doing vlog style stuff where I needed more people in my content. And so he was like, what if we did like MTV real world, but we did it on TikTok and we put a bunch of adults in a house and we were like, shit. First, the idea was like, what if we do like a modern day entourage and get a bunch of our friends that are doing cool things together and film that. And we actually took it to a network. We went and met with uh, the people that produced uh, things like Jersey Shore and like a bunch of different MTV kind of shows. And they were like, the number one thing you guys need if this is going to work is drama. And so we were like, fuck, like we don't really want to add more drama. It's a global pandemic. Yeah. It's the middle of an election. And we're like, and we, you know, a bunch of people in a random house, like we don't want to add more drama. So we were like, okay, what if we didn't do it and sell it to like a big network and we just do it on TikTok and we actually put a spin on it where it's like positivity, health and wellness, good people, like tr trying to get along in a house. Um, and we were like, I wonder if that could work. Like if that, if people would actually care about it on TikTok, because at this time on TikTok, you'll remember hype house, sway house, clubhouse, all of these people are in the news for throwing parties during the pandemic for like having 300 people over when you're not supposed to be outside. And, yeah. um, and so we were like, let's try and like put a different spin on it and see if it works. And so that was honey house. We put 10 people in a house. We paid for it up front. It cost us 20 grand to rent the house for a month. We found it on Airbnb. Everybody put up 2k themselves. And we were like, look, just trust us. And we're going to try and throw things at the wall and hope that something works. And if it works, we have a month to find a brand to cover all the cost of the house and we'll pay everybody back. Um, and if it doesn't work at worst, worst, Everybody gets a, a one month vacation in the Hollywood Hills uh, during the middle of a pandemic where a lot of people are probably not enjoying being at home with their families or stuck in an apartment um, by themselves. So that was the idea of it. We went into the house. It took us about 10 days for us to get any traction. Like day 10, we had a thousand followers and people in the house are kind of starting to like look at, and I'm the person, I'm, I'm the person <laughs> fil filming, coming up with ideas, posting, wrangling everybody together everybody in the house is working nine to fives and so i'm not working a nine to five i'm spending all of that nine to five coming up with ideas and organizing and then at five o'clock we're all meeting to film these videos and then i'm editing throughout the night and posting and doing the same thing every day and so Holy 10 shit. days go by and granted everybody in the house is like friends but uh, is like you know friendly but um you could tell that everybody's kind of like yo is this gonna work like what's we got a thousand followers JT's wrangling us every night and we're like, nothing's coming of this. And, um, and then we tried a series and it was like a challenge of like couple, uh, guys versus girls and that video popped for us. And then the next video popped for us. We went from like a thousand to like literally in 10, in the next 10 days, we went from like a thousand, like 150,000. And then we ended the month with 500,000. And so that was month one at the end of month two, we were at 1.1 million and the long story short. At the end of month one, we ended up working with a brand who covered the cost of the house. So we paid everybody back and ended up leaving Holy that shit. season with uh, everybody getting it for free. And um, and so that was the honey house. And that kind of was what got me like the clout on Instagram of, of teaching of teaching people how to do the, the content. God, what a, what a story. I mean, um, then you go into TikTok, you, you talk about, you know, you start your own page, you have one... Uh, and it, you, you're, you're creating content around just like TikTok tips and like creator economy, right? Yeah. So I finished that season and at the end of the season, a brand that one of the brands that worked with us for seconds for the second season was called Poppy. 
And their first deal with us was they would be in our content. So they would pay us as influencers to post about them. The second part of the deal was we would do strategy for them on their TikTok. We would make them a couple videos and we would teach them how to do shit in-house. We made them some videos. None of the videos worked for them, like zero, like minimal views. And these were videos that went viral for us. Like not the same videos where they reposted, but it's just similar styles. And that was what clued in for me. Like, oh, brands can't hire influencers to make their content. They need to learn how to make it. And then the second part of that was we did strategy with them. And in the strategy, I was like, look, you need to just tell your story into the camera, do this X, Y, and Z. And that video got them to break their sales record. They sold more videos and they sold more cans of poppy than the day that they aired on Shark Tank. For me, that was the aha moment of, holy fuck, TikTok is not like just an awareness thing that you can get a million views. You can actually like sell products. Like people will actually buy shit. And that was like a big moment for me. And so through that, I was like, I want to do this. I want to teach companies how to do it. And they need to learn how to do it in-house. So I want to start a team that just teaches companies how to do it in-house. And that's when I started making the videos on the channel. The, video, the page that you see now is, uh, is once I was like, I need to show people how to do this. Fucking amazing. Uh, really amazing. I mean, there's so much to, that I want to talk about that. But I'll start off by saying, what is like, what are, what is like the main thing you say for... Um, why brands and creators should get on TikTok? I think the first thing is it's just such an easy platform to create on. Like it's changed the game in the sense of what the actual content needs to look like. Um, I'm older than you, but like even you grew up a little bit with Instagram being the thing and just like what it took to do Instagram of like making this, you're making your photos look perfect, filtering them, Facetune for girls, um, it just was like a more of like a barrier to entry. And then TikTok came out and it was like, you don't need anything. You can film wherever you just can, you can film on any phone. Um, we give you the tools in our platform. So I think the first reason would be like, because you now have no excuse not to, that's the first. The second thing is just the opportunity on there of reach. I think that that's lowering by the day, uh, because of the supply and demand going down now with so many people getting on the platform, but still the fact that you can post a video and you still have the opportunity to be seen by 10 to 10,000 to a million people without paying for it is something that I think people just, it's just not easy for that to happen. That doesn't come around every year. That's like, you know, once every seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year thing. And so anybody that wants attention on anything that they care about, it's the perfect place to do it. And the barrier of entry is so low that I think that that's why they should jump on it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all those points. I, and, and I also want to talk about, um, I want to go on both the, uh, it's a little selfish question, but I want to go on both the, the consulting coaching side and then the creator side of like, when you were coaching these brands and shit wasn't working, you know, and like, what, how did you deal with that doubt and fear of like, oh shit, this might not work. And like, what the hell do we do? And then, and then we'll kind of talk about the creator, but let's, let's That's talk about like, question, just bro. as a strategy. Uh, no, it's a great question. Um, I think I just try to handle it with like full transparency. Like I, I, I am leaning into all of the stuff that I'm doing, by just putting my best foot forward and just like, it's an estimated guess always. There's never a, like a, for sure. There's never like a, oh, this is 100% going to work. I, through the years of creating content, have my own intuition as to what I think works. 
I also now from having projects like Honey House in my own page and now clients have data of what I think has worked in the past, but that there's no guarantees that what we post today will actually work. And I honestly think now with the algorithm just continually changing so much, it is always going through a constant cycle of what what worked before is not working now. And so I think like the way that I handle it is I tell my clients very transparently, like, yo, here's what's working for me. Let's try this for you because it's shown to work. It's been working for me or it's been working for them. So let's try this. If it doesn't work, I just take full ownership of it and be like, you know what? This is on me. Fuck, it didn't work. Let's try it again. There's never going to be a day where it's 100% perfect. And I'm like, hey, 100% guarantee, 100% success. And that's just the reality of it. So I think you just have to be like very, um, one, transparent with them that like there is no for sure guarantees. And then two, just be like fully taking ownership that like I am at fault if it doesn't work. And I will take the blame and I will, if you want, if, if you're somebody that's like, Hey, we need results. And if it doesn't take, if it doesn't work, we need our money back. Then I'm like, cool, I'll refund it. But if, but at the end of the day, I think everybody is taking a gamble with their content. And that's something that most people know when they're going into it. That's such a good point. And then, I mean, you're I, like, I took a look over your page and even with my page, you're starting to see it. Like both of our views in terms of the consistent views aren't where they used to be, especially you. I mean, you were hundreds of thousands, 50s, 60s, 70s, but now you're in the eights, nine, 9,000, 10,000. You might get a little outlier here, but how do you deal with it in terms of a curator and say, you know, like, what do you say there? And what do you like focus on in terms of when the analytics are down? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The first thing is... I think when I'm really, when I'm really in tune with myself, um, the views don't fucking matter. And the second funny thing about that is when I'm really in tune with myself and the views don't matter is when I get the most amount of fucking views. And so I would say like over the last, like I would say month or so, I just haven't felt great with my own content of like me. Um, I haven't felt not great. I haven't felt, um, I haven't felt motivated in the sense of like when I'm feeling it and I'm feeling like connected to myself as a creator, I'm like, let's fucking go. This is going to, I know what I want to do and I'm, and I'm going hard at it. Like I'm almost like I'm attacking the content. I like know what I want to do and I'm doing it. And then I go through phases where it's like, I'm prioritizing other things. I just put out this masterclass. So like, I'm very creatively, I would say not drained, but I'm just creatively tired because of doing that. They also go through times where I'm just like really heads down with operations, building these companies. And I just don't have the capacity after I get done with my work day to film or to come up with content. And so I think I'm just like, really, I just try to be kind to myself when that happens and be like, ah, this sucks. We're not in a, we're not feeling creative. And I know that creative output is my highest interest because I am a creator first. So I just kind of be like, you know what? Other things have been priority right now. And we can't get to that. So that's okay. 
So I balance that with also knowing that I'm not playing this game of views. I'm not playing this game of if I only have to be getting more views because if I was, I would just be trying to stay up on the top trends. I would just be scrolling and watching other people's content to know what's working for everyone else. And I wouldn't be spending the time with myself to know what the value is that I'm trying to bring to the people in my audience. And so when I really get to the point where I'm like, oh, fuck, my views haven't been working, um, I spend more time with myself being like, who am I doing this for and what do they need? And that's the content I go and do. And that tends to end up working really good in my in my uh, actual views and engagement. Um, and so that's what I kind of lean into. Such a good point. I mean, I'm now that I'm thinking about it too, I mean, like my, my views are dropping and it's the same thing. Like I, I use like when my content was doing well, and, like in the, in terms of an analytical standpoint, I wasn't even focused on it. I was, I was really just focused on like the person myself, what I really want to hammer or like whatever it is, like just like the value and how I'm providing that value versus like shit, how can I provide this in a way to get the analytics, like how I'm kind of thinking now. Mm -hmm. And I, and it, and it just to like be completely transparent for anyone watching and listening, even though I tell people and like recommend people to like not focus on analytics and like all this shit and like your views will drop, your views will go high, all the, especially on TikTok, like I still go through like those kind of focus. I mean, uh, not focuses, but like kind of like traps almost of like this analytical, like vanity metric. And you just always have to be mindful and like self-aware of that. I think that's like super important. Just like you said, I think, um, and dude, I'm, I, I completely agree with that. I think, um, I'm goal oriented in the sense that I want, I want my views to go higher. I don't want my views yeah. to go down. I want my views to keep going higher. I want the audience to keep building, but I think, um, I think you have to really just like balance that with, the intention of the content and why you're putting it out and like who you're creating it for. And I don't think that, I think that content can be impactful without being viral. And so I think that you can go through phases where your content might not be hitting in the algorithm, um, but it's still really valuable to your community and you're still building your long-term brand. It's just not reaching the same amount of people that it was before that. So when I have that happen, I am optimizing for views. Like I, I still am looking back at things and being like, what could I make a little bit better? What could I improve a little bit more? But I really try to lean into, am I, am I doing this with the right intention? Am I making this video because I really think that it's going to be impactful or am I only doing it because it's getting less views than it was before? And I'm doing that one because I want to match that view account. So I think it's, it's not a black and white thing. And I don't think, dude, I don't think anything is black and white. Like, I think it's just so gray where I don't think it's like a, oh, I only do things because I want to provide value and I don't care about the views at all. And I also don't think it's on the other end where I'm like, I don't care yeah. about value and I only do it for the views. So I think it's balancing both of like, yeah, everybody wants to get the, um, the validation that the content is working where it's like, you're getting those views. But I think if you always lead with genuinely trying to provide value to the person on the other end of the screen, I do think that that ends up, uh, it ends up like working itself out where like, if you, if it's, if it's kind of like a path and it's kind of like going straight down the middle, 
if you're if you deviate from that by just going for after the views you end up like in left field where you're not doing anything that's for yourself but if you just consistently are like this is for that person on the other end of the screen i think the algorithm ends up like working itself back to you and then you end up being in a good place with it so a, a long-winded way again to just say like focus on who the person is that you're creating the content for and the intention behind the content and i think it works itself out yeah i mean it's such a good point i mean there really is no black and white and white and you're completely right i think a good segue with this though is um is is what are you seeing right now with the tiktok algorithm and like what content is performing well and then like just talk just talk a little bit more about the algorithm and like your yeah. viewpoint on it what i'm seeing lately is in-person content uh is absolutely demolishing it like in like street style content interviews in real life asking random strangers questions that kind of thing is really popular um i'm i think but if we were to like even zoom out a little bit more that's a little bit more nitty-gritty um but if you were to zoom out a little bit more i really think it's leaning into storytelling and i don't think that that's like a momentary thing i just think that that's across the board what the algorithm is really looking for um people that can give con compelling thoughts or stories or information and pull the audience in emotionally so that could be like literally giving info on like how to go viral and you're just talking about what people need to do but adding in your own personal anecdote that makes it a little bit more emotional that makes people and that doesn't need to be sad that could be exciting that could be uh that could be intentional that could be heartfelt um it just needs to be something that like moves it from informational to more emotional um i would say that's what i'm seeing across the board works the most anytime somebody tells it does impactful storytelling um we see that work better than when people are just like here's our nutritional information or here's one way to go viral boom 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 and it's just like that quick um storytelling yeah i, I mean i on i 100 agree especially with like my clientele too it's it's if, if I'm working with a brand, it's more talking about the business, the story, uh, a project that they're doing, uh, like if they fired someone, if they hired someone, if they're doing a new design, like I, I work with this one supplement company and they're working on this product and they're figuring out how to take it from two capsules to one capsule. I mean, it's like, like struggles, like to that nitty gritty, I think is super interesting. And I think a lot of people appreciate the transparency behind it too. Uh, and especially... Uh, especially with the, the creator side too. Like I just shared my story of how I went from minimum wage to making 20, 30 K a month. And it was a three minute video and there was no like fancy edits. It was me in my car just talking and it did pretty well. And, and not only, you know, I didn't get hundreds of millions of views, but it got loyal ass engagement. I mean, mm -hmm. 400 comments plus and 22, 25,000 views. I mean, that's a lot. And that's a lot of engagement. Um, what would you say is, is a good way to like, uh, start storytelling or, or like, um, how, how can someone storytell better? I think thinking about it with, uh, under the context of what I look at as a story, it particularly for TikTok is it has some sort of a hook on it. It has, which let me even just break it down further for anybody. Um, the first three seconds is what we call hook. Um, that needs to be something that pulls the audience in that gets them to want to watch the rest of the video. So the storytelling that a kind of arc that we see is it has some sort of a hook. 
And then within it, it has some sort of a setting and then some sort of a challenge and some sort of a resolution. So like, I'll even break that down further and actually give like an example, like for, for me, what would be, what would be that kind of like storytelling arc? The first three seconds would be like, this is the story of how I quit hockey and started a TikTok agency. That's like the hook that is emotionally. It's about me quitting hockey. It pulls you in a little bit. TikTok agency, people are like, what the fuck? And so it pulls you in a little bit like that. Then the setting is just like, what context do people need to know about either the mindset that you're at or where you were proximity wise that this video is talking about. So for me, it's like in 2017, I was playing hockey. I got cut from hockey and whatever I'm, I go. And like it's the 2017 I'm playing hockey is like sets you up to know where I'm at 2017. I'm playing hockey. I'm in Russia. Cool. People know. Okay. That's where he is. Then the challenge for me was like, as I'm playing hockey, I ended up getting cut. Like I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Like I'm retired now. That's like a challenge. And then the resolution to that is like, uh, I ended up going really hard in TikTok. I fall in love with it. I start posting every single day. Companies start reaching out to me and now I have a TikTok agency. That's like a very simple like arc to it that goes from a hook to a setting, to a challenge, to a resolution. You can do that in any video. You can do that with information. You can do that with your own story. You can do that with, like you were just saying, a product launch, a new employee, finding a new office, taking a, you know, adding and removing ingredients. Um, you can do it with whatever, but that kind of like simple arc. And it's a very, like, if you Google a narrative arc, we all learn this shit in fucking middle school when we're taking English, a narrative arc. Um, it's just a little bit more contextual to TikTok. But that is what people are looking for in a story, uh, some sort of a hook, a setting, a challenge, a resolution. And um, and I think that when you look at it in that format and you start scrolling your For You page, you'll be like, oh, wow, like a lot of people are using this. Most people don't do it consciously. They just do it unconsciously because they're just natural storytellers. But when you start thinking about it, and you're like, let me frame some of my videos this way. It allows you to like really know how to tell stories. 100%. And I, I want to pinpoint a couple things there because that was such good value. I think one thing is in that hook, you not only had an emotional attachment and, 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 and like created that, but you gave that viewer some sort of curiosity too. you know, it's like, Oh, what is this TikTok agency? Why the hell did he quit professional hockey? And then also you hit them big things and, and really not also like repeating yourself. Cause a lot of people tend to repeat themselves. A lot of people tend to go into like the nitty gritty details that really don't mean much. You could have easily said, uh, I've been playing hockey my whole life and I was really good. And then I went to juniors and then I got, went to this league and got drafted. And then now 2017, I'm in Russia. And then, it, you know, it's like you, you kind of simplified it a little bit more, um, and, and really just hit the, the core kind of things that were relevant. And that gave that viewer, uh, enough context in order to get the whole message across while still keeping that viewer retention there because if you went into point. the nitty gritty if you went into the nitty gritty that might have you know like gave that uh viewer like a dis disinteresting feel and and getting them to swipe um versus you know, before you keep yeah, going on go with before you keep going on it's such a great point because in all storytelling every point that you give has to go towards the end result so if you so the things that you're talking about that don't go towards that end result you don't need to add in. So like you were just saying with simplified, if I, in that same story that I was just saying, if I was like, 
in 2017, I was playing hockey in Russia. I had a PS4 and, you know, I sat on my bed. I went to bed at nine o'clock every day. And you know, it, people would be like, oh, where's he going? This doesn't add to it. Why do I need to know about the PS4? Why do I need it? Like, it needs to add towards the story and mo progress it forward. So you only need to give the things that are super, super impactful that add towards the story. It's a great point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I always I, I always say, like, um, have, a, have a point of your video and like, don't necessarily put a video duration limit on your videos. Don't say like, I have to create this in 15 seconds, 60 seconds, like 30 seconds, like create, create it as short as in the shortest amount of time possible. If that takes 15 seconds, awesome. If it takes 60 seconds, a minute, two minutes, three minutes, that's awesome. As long as you're not wasting a single second that could be replaced with new value. That's relevant to mm -hmm. that, to that point. Um, I think that's super important because a lot of people tend to just drift off or go into a something completely different and uh i think a lot of it roots to you know obviously experience and creating but also like perspective like you have to have perspective of whoever's watching this video and how they would like the value or whatever you're talking about best articulated and, and created for them to consume it and once you have that i i think is, is it's a it becomes a lot easier and you start to think in terms of like Oh, if I were to go down this route, maybe that dopamine like hit would, would start going away, leading people to swipe or whatever the case may be, but like making sure that you're not wasting a second. Cause especially on a platform like TikTok, like you really have to utilize every single second. And, and that's why like, I I'm starting to, to, to really preach more is like, yeah, the hook is super important. You're right. You want to hook people in, you want to engage them, but what is just as important is five to seven seconds after the hook, because a lot of people will focus so much on the hook and people will will tend to swipe seven seconds, 10 seconds after the hook because you didn't deliver on what you promised you would deliver in the hook. And so it's it's just shit like this where it's, I think it's super important. And just like what you said, you had a really good hook. You gave them contents right, context right away. And probably in, at 15 second mark, you're already talking about quitting hockey and getting or, or 20 seconds, whatever, whatever it is, but you're still keeping them interested and hitting the big bullet points that they need to know about. Totally, dude, I love what you just said of like having it be really impactful after the hook too, because it's such a great point. A lot of people really overemphasize having a perfect keyworded buzzworthy hook. Yeah. And then the material of the rest of the video is just very subpar. And like the goal is not to get the person to watch the first three seconds. The goal is to get to watch the, the person to watch the entirety of the video. And yeah. So, yeah, dude, just a really good point. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, another question I had for you is like, you know, uh, for any newbies that, that might be listening or watching, if you if you had to reset because you, you started multiple accounts um, and I have two and I was just kind of interested in know, to know your take on this. Like if you had to restart and only focus on like three to five things, like what what would you what would you do? First thing would be to get really clear on who my audience is and what uh, the, the value is that I'm bringing them, like why I, why that is my audience and what I'm trying to create for them. Um, so some self-awareness there. Then from there, I would try to come up with a series. Um, a series I think is so important that it's like something that's repeatable that people will come back and want to follow. Um, it doesn't need to be something that's like a part one, part two, part three thing. It just needs to be something, the way I look at a series is like, your your series, um, your episodic series content should be what the audience can describe you as a creator to their friends. So 
this is the person that does this. That's what I think you want to really be known for. And that should not be trends. This is the person that does trends. This is the person that really does trends. Nobody wants to do that. It should be something that's like original, that's authentic to you. It doesn't need to be the first time it's ever been done on TikTok, but it just needs to be really authentic to you and really impactful to your audience. And so the second thing I would do would be figure out what my series is. Um, ideally a couple of them that I can like really go hard into. And then I would really focus on being consistent for 90 days with trying those different variations of them. Um, and, and I would, I would look at the people that are doing the content that I want to be doing, like the key kind of people in that industry. So like, say you want to get into art and you're like, you know, a watercolor painter, I would go look up people that are doing that shit and follow them and see the way that they're doing it and not to copy their style, but to get inspo from it and to get in their community in the comment section, providing value to the people in their comment section, seeing what questions those people are looking for, because if that's the same niche as you, they're looking for that same kind of stuff from you as well. So just to get inspo and see what kind of value you can be providing that audience. Um, so I think that that was probably four. And then the, yeah, the fifth, the fifth thing would just be like really staying consistent with it and being interactive with your audience too. Like every comment replying to getting in the DMS with the people that are following you, um, trying to really like build that community with hand to hand shit. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, those are all good points. All such good advice. Um, I just wanted to, to give some, give some advice to some of the, the newbies because I mean, I'm always, I'm always like, uh, thinking of, of who's listening and watching and that that's, that's really good value. But I, I have a couple of selfish questions and then we'll kind of go into the brand side. Cause that's something that you really, uh, that you really are a master in, um, a selfish question here, but I think a lot of people might be curious about it. Um, how do you get verified? Great question. Um, all of the verified accounts that I have were people that hit me up and were, and said, would you like to be verified? Like from the company. So from Instagram, uh, it was a agency that was like, Hey, we can verify you because you're a pro athlete. Um, we would love to help with that. Um, from TikTok, I then got a DM in my inbox on Instagram from the username at TikTok. And it was the first person that I ever talked to from them. This is like 2000, it's probably like 2018, bro. Um, in, in the DM, it said, what's up? My name is Anthony Fernandez. I work at TikTok. Uh, I see you posting a lot on Instagram. Would love to talk about you checking out our platform. I also see that you're a pro athlete. Would love to talk about getting you your hand, the handle that you want and seeing if we could help with verification. And then like literally a week later, I was verified on TikTok. So I didn't really do much with Honey House when we were in in Honey House, um, because I was verified on TikTok on my own account and we started doing Honey House, as soon as we hit a million followers, I reached back out to that same dude that got me verified and was like, hey, I know you've seen what we've been up to with Honey House. Like we were, you know, internally with TikTok, they were like, what the fuck is this account? Like, who is this? That is these, all these adults living in a thing. So we had a little bit of like notoriety and he was like, I see what you guys are doing. Um, would love to send you to the the verification team and see if it's something we can help with. And then a week later we were fucking verified on TikTok too. So I can't say that I've done any of my own, like here's the steps to do it. I've all just been really lucky with people reaching out to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that though. I mean, I guess it's just, it's just time. It's, it's for them to kind of realize or, or recognize you. And I also think it's um, bro, when you're early, 
when you're early on platforms and they're looking for people to like really like get them more intrigued with the platform like i think that that i don't think it, like if i started a tiktok right now i honestly think if i started a new tiktok right now and hit them up and was like hey could you help me with this they'd probably be like no just because there's so many people that are probably on it and asking for it 2018 um like we just got disconnected but it's it's all good uh and that that probably explains the reasoning behind why I see some random people that have like maybe a hundred followers sure. or verify. Um, so a, a lot of the like back end of these platforms that to verify you, they have like a criteria. It could be like you're a public figure. It could be like you're an athlete. It could be like you're a musician and a musician signed to a record label, um, or you're a movie. You're like you know you're, you have IMDb, so you're like a you know you're an actor or an actress or somebody that works on a movie. There's a lot of those, a lot of the platforms have a criteria that if you meet any of those, they can push you through pretty easily. So I think a lot of the people that are like smaller that are verified, it could be like a recording artist that has a deal and they're eight. And because they have a deal with like Warner brothers or one of those, they just pushed them through. It could be somebody that was in a movie at one point was an extra, but because they have an IMDB, you know, somebody could push them through. So it does, it's, it's not easy, but it's also like, there's weird criteria that some people just get passed through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I wanted to talk, one thing that just came to my mind is uh, speaking about like having a connection with TikTok. I just saw that you spoke at TikTok or, you know, like a little kind of, um, you know, you were speaking in front of a, a lot of people. How did that like come about and yeah, how did it go? Great question. Um, I think like outside of the outside of the creator stuff that I do, I think it's just because I spent a lot of time in these conversations with businesses. And so like the net, the business network that I have in Los Angeles has grown very organically, honestly, but just like, I, I've just like been lucky enough and very grateful to meet some people that are doing some cool things. And I really think that relationships is the first and foremost way to like really move your business further. So I try to just, when I'm meeting people, just genuinely take interest in them and like hear what they're up to and like, not like a transactional, like, let me provide value. So then you can do something for me. But just like, I like meeting people, same as you. I like meeting people and just being like, what are you up to? Cool. That's dope. No way. This is interesting. Tell me more about this. So the, the TikTok thing came about because, um, a girl that I had met that actually applied to work with me, it ended up not being a good fit in terms of like, I wasn't looking for the role that she was. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a really good, that's a really good idea. I saw your video about that. Um, and it just it sparked so many ideas just for me too. Uh, but I want to go into UGC because I think it's it's a great way that people can start working with brands even though they don't have any fall like a following or or, or a small following. Yeah. Uh, but kind of talk about that. Like if if someone that doesn't doesn't have a huge following, how can they still work with brands and let and me get break paid this or down even from get, the brand side you know, so that people stuff. understand what brands are really looking for. Every company on the back end is now understanding that their highest converting ads are ads that look like they are from real people who have genuine thoughts about the product and are giving some sort of a review that is providing value. So now all of a sudden companies are looking for individuals that don't need to be influencers. It actually sometimes is better if they're not influencers, meaning they're not recognizable because the audience then believes them a little bit more rather than it looking like a paid campaign. So now all of a sudden it's opened up to anybody in the world that can make a video that is clear and concise and provides some sort of value to the audience that can then be ran as an ad by the company and can convert highly for them. 
So what I think is a really smart play for everybody, and this is what I talk about, is like literally that same thing of Whole Foods. Like go and find, let's even go even less of work. Literally go in your pantry or your bathroom or your closet, and you have every every clothing company you wear is a brand. Every product you put put on your face is a brand. Everything you consume in your stomach is a brand. So if you go into those places where those products are housed in within your home, like for example the pantry uh, or your you know your kitchen cabinets, go and pull out some of those products and the ones that you genuinely like, make a video and you can Google or look up how to make a UGC video. The formatting of it is pretty simple. Some sort of a testimonial like, "What's up, guys? My name's so and so. I've been using this product for three months. Here's how it's benefit me." I no longer have to, you know, whatever. How is benefit you? You make that video and you go into your Instagram or whatever platform it is that you spend the most time in and you look up that brand's account and you send them a clip of that video. You don't need to send them the whole thing. You can if you want to. People get worried about like them stealing it. You can watermark it if you want to. But I don't think most brands are just going to steal that video with you saying like, I want to talk about working together. Send that clip to the brand and say, hey, I would love to make more videos um, closer to the pandemic. I then, uh, I would say like probably a year before the pandemic happened, I had another moment where I hit $0 in my bank account. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go back and do personal training again because I need to make income to be able to provide rent and all of that. And now being on the other end of the spectrum where I am making enough income and, and being grateful to be able to provide and do different things with it, um, I think that there is a, I don't think that I, that the goal should be to make money. I think the goal for people should be able to acquire skills that can continue teaching that can continue providing value to people so that the money doesn't stop for a moment. Like the thing that I'm the most happy with right now is not the fact that I've figured out how to make six, seven figures or whatever it is. It's the fact that I've figured out the skills that will continue making money because they're providing value to somebody. And so I, I really don't think that people should focus on money. Money is just a uh, money for me. And I, I think everybody has their own opinion on it. Money for me is something that allows you to have less stress on your plate and be able to live a little bit more freely and be able to provide more to the people. So I don't get motivated by being like, I want to buy a Lambo and a yacht and a, and you know, move and get a mansion. I look at it as, Oh, if I make X amount of dollars, I can hire more people, which then I can do more with, which then I can create more and I can put more out and that helps a bigger audience. And I think that it really is just an exchange of value. So when you really learn how to provide value for people, money will just keep coming. So the, to summarize that, um, money is money is, um, something that shines a spotlight on who you are. Um, when you make more of it, you really realize if you're what kind of person you are and what kind of person you, you want to be. And I think the best people should have money because it gives you more to give back to, to people more. And so that's why I'm grateful to be in the position that I'm in now. And that's why I strive to make more, not again, so that I can flex, but because the more that you have, the more you can give. I love that. I love that. And one thing I wanted to talk about right there when what you just said was uh, I look at, you know, that money as I could take that and go out and hire 
grow my business, grow my life, you know, whatever it is. And it, you, and even just like watching your content, you strike me as someone that always prioritizes investing into them themselves. And especially with that one video, when you were discussing, uh, or you, you, you mentioned how you still live in LA and pay, uh, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was like six, seven, 8,000 plus per month. Talk a little bit about that. Cause you don't really strike me as the person that really goes hard into stocks. Maybe you do, but like you strike, you strike me as someone that really like invests into themselves. Uh, so talk a little bit more about that. And like, what are some core like things you really prioritize when in terms of investing into yourself? Okay. Let me, let me touch on that first before you keep going on. Um, 100% agreed because yeah. the, the person that's running the business is you. And if you are like this, I'm saying this for myself, like whatever, say even your employee, even as an employee though, like you are the asset, you know? So like, if you're not feeling, if you're not feeling good, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling out, if you're feeling sick, if you're like, it's the same way as an athlete, like you can't, you can't show up to the game if you have a broken leg, you know? So for me, I'm like, I need to put myself first. This is why I always talk about like your, your well-being, and it's not just mental, it's physical, emotional, spiritual, like you need to put yourself first as a business person because that's how you show up the best for everybody else. Awesome, dude. Awesome. I really appreciate your time. Everyone listening and watching, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you uh, check the links in the description. Check out JT's new mastermind. He killed it. I mean, value-packed. Uh, any brands listening and watching, be sure to check that out and and, and make that investment. I mean, because that, that, uh, that will definitely get, give you a return uh, unlike anything else. Um, other than that, though, just uh, make sure to check those links in the description. Share this podcast with one episode if you appreciate, or one episode, with one person if you uh, enjoyed it. That's all I'm asking, just one person.